Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you! Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio! Oh, shit! I said, motherfucker, you motherfucker. I said, it's cold outside. So I didn't do a show last week. Um, I'll just go right into why. Well, I had um, a second cyst removed from my ear. Um, I had, for years, I had these two cysts in my ear, in my earlobe. Um, one was, uh, you know, pretty much consuming my entire earlobe, big ass cyst, and then another one that was further in, kind of, you know, in the crease between your ear and your neck or whatever. So I had those for years. I had them a couple times really fucking flare up and get infected and blow up like a balloon. Real gross shit, you know, I ended up having had it drained and all that. And I just put it off and put it off. And, um, you know, I finally went on and got them removed. Well, the one I had removed a month or two ago, I told, you know, a whole story about the deal on the show. And then uh, the second one I just had removed um, last Monday. Not this past Monday, obviously. The Monday before. So, um, let me, you know, break down the scenario of this, uh, you know, this, this situation. All right. So my appointment was at two o'clock. Um, they tell you, well, you know, wait at your house and, um, the place is an hour, an hour and change away from me. 
They tell you, wait at the house until we call you because uh, the doctor always runs behind and we don't want you to have to sit in the office. Now, um, despite my tremendous frustration that I'm, uh, you know, about to get into as far as how long it took, I am thankful of that part because if I was sitting in the office, this shit just wouldn't get done. I would definitely walk out. Um, That amount of time is just... um, very unacceptable. I think even the way that they did it is pretty unacceptable, but um, at least they let you sit the fucking first part of it out in your house. So, uh, mind you, my appointment was supposed to be at 2 o'clock. They know that it takes me an hour plus to get there, so they're going to call me like an hour before they even want me there. So, um, they call me at 5 o'clock. I get there around 6.20. They get me in the room pretty quick. Right, get me out of the waiting room into another room where, ironically, I wait. And uh, you know they do the the computer side of things. They punch in whatever, and then I sit there for an hour. So around seven twenty, they finally get me in there, you know, on the table, and uh, get me all set up. And they numb my ear real good. You know, they do the whole thing. They jab fucking needles into your ear a whole bunch and they fuck with it and do you feel this and this and this okay no so uh you know i got my head propped up on a pillow the whole nine so then i sat there for a motherfucking hour after that so they finally come in again we're talking like 8 30 and uh now they do the t-minute surgery six hours later after my appointment uh, you know and um it's it's fucking crazy because, well, first off, I don't know how long the uh, Novocaine is supposed to work. I guess Novocaine is what they use, um, you know, to numb your shit because it was like 10, 10 minutes after the surgery was done. My shit was like on fire. So, um, but this doctor's a fucking gangster, man. I had the same guys I had last time. He just doesn't give a fuck. He might be good at surgeries, but when it comes down to how to talk to people, he does not give a fuck. So when he walked in, the first thing he goes is like, oh, no. He's like, yeah, that looks really comfortable, but this isn't going to work. No, that that's not going to work. So he yanks out the fucking pillow from under my head and, you know, fucking shifts me around this way and that, so it worked out for him. So I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. However, he's got to do the surgery at this point. So he starts fucking, uh, you know, cutting into my fucking ear, and he's going, oh, this, this, this thing is a monster. Oh, Jesus. Oh, look how deep this thing goes. Jesus. You know, and uh, I'm like, oh, fucking, you know, this guy's just cutting away into my head. So, um, and then uh, the nurse knows that I work at, you know, with cats. And, uh, you know, we kind of had this discussion last time I was in there. And, you know, I don't get into, like, you know, how I feel about people in the office and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I wouldn't give any indication that I didn't like someone or or did like someone i kind of you know keep that to myself for people who cut into my fucking head so um she's going oh you know you you probably don't like me because uh you know i i when i bought uh she bought an aussie cat or whatever from a breeder you know it is what it is i mean that type of shit exists i'm not you know naive obviously i'd i'd like people to go out there and adopt cats when i mean my shelter alone has 150 cats for adoption so you know, needless to say, there are cats out there that need homes, and, uh, you know, the, the whole breeder situation is, you know, uh, you know, not the best thing as far as, uh, you know, 
getting shelter cats adopted. So whatever, but I don't, I don't give a shit what she does. So she's like, oh, you probably hate me because, you know, you saved lives, and I went and bought a cat, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And meanwhile, again, dude's cutting into my head, so I'm not, like, really responding. I'm just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just giving a little half a fucking laugh, even though it's not funny. And then uh, he, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you rescue, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah, I got a dog. Uh, we rescued a dog, and, uh, you know, my wife, uh, I don't know if he said she has a horse or that she wants a horse. And then he goes, yeah, you know, my wife wants to buy a farm. I told her, you buy a farm. She's not going to buy a farm. You know, like, <laughs> he's one of these guys that just has, like, this whole conversation without needing a response. You know, he's playing both sides. You know, he told me, you know, I want a, I want a farm. And he said, I'm not buying a farm. You know, I buy a farm, you're going to spend all the time at the farm. You buy a, she's not going to buy a farm. You know, this is the conversation he's giving me. And then, you know, again, he's, he's going back into it. He's like, you know, then he goes, uh, all of a sudden he gets like cocky for whatever reason. He goes, you know, nobody could do this. Nobody could do what I do. 30 years, 30 years I've been doing this. They don't understand. Nobody understands. This isn't, you know, this isn't just normal everyday stuff. This is, you know, nobody could do what I could do. They don't get it. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. Again, this motherfucker is doing the surgery six hours after I was scheduled to be there. And this fucking guy is on his high horse <laughs> running his fucking mouth like his, <laughs> like he's accepting a fucking award. I'm just like, holy shit, man. Oh, man. It, it's just fucking crazy. Um, so I'm glad this is the last fucking cyst, man. This is no, you know, this is not going to be a continuing saga for me. This is it. So, um, you know, I had to race out of there because the nurse is telling me, like, look, man, like, this is really going to hurt, you know, once this uh, Novocaine wears off and, um, you know, you're really going to need that, you know, pain prescription or whatever. And um, she's like, you know, it's not much, but it's what you're going to need because, you know, with the ear, it really hurts. And I said, listen, I know because you did this before and we had the same talk. Only problem I'm having is... um, the pharmacy closes in about 20 minutes and you're still talking to me. So I got to get the fuck up out of here. You know what I mean? So, um, I had to go to the shop right up the road and they're like, you know, we're closing in 15 minutes. And I'm like, eh, all right. So, you know, they wind up doing the thing, but, um, yeah, it's just a fucking fiasco. And then just, it just had that annoying fucking grating pain all week, you know, not unbearable to live with, you know, still going to work and everything else. But I just, I just wasn't in the mood to fucking, you know, talk and give my opinion on random things in the world and wrestling and everything else. So I was like, yeah, let me just, you know, delay the show till next week. So here it is, Yakuza Gig Radio. One week later, lots to talk about. Obviously, that's out of the way. Um, man, so much. Um, I guess let me get into the Super Bowl, man. Lots to talk about with the Super Bowl. That. I I was definitely pulling for the Panthers. I don't give a fuck about Peyton Manning and his giant head. Um, you know, great quarterback and everything. Um, and whatever, you know, he, he gets to, uh, you know, most likely walk away. I mean, he hasn't set anything in stone as far as retirement, but it would make all the sense in the world. Even this year, he won the Super Bowl, and he looked like shit for the majority of this year. So the fact that he walks away with a Super Bowl trophy after this year, is fucking some pretty strong shit, you know what I mean? 
he's been part of the year on the bench with the you know bottom of his foot detaching from the bone, all that crazy shit. And then, um, you know, just really you're throwing a shitload of picks and just, just getting his ass whooped out there. So to walk away with, from this season with a fucking Super Bowl ring is, is pretty fucking monumental. Um, I don't know how much more he could hope for. Um, so there's that deal. Um, I, you know, I was really pulling for the Panthers. Um, I like Cam Newton. Um, there's some things I could defend Cam Newton on, especially coming out of his Super Bowl and a lot of talk, different things that people have said. And there's some things I can't defend him on, you know, and maybe he takes a little bit of step down on, uh, you know, how much I liked him previous to this game. But, um, as far as the actual game goes, because most of the shit that I have to talk about is not fully um, football game related. But, um, look, it was a completely defensive battle, defensive fucking warfare. And the Broncos' defense was on fucking point. Von Miller was off the fucking chain. Ware was all over Cam Newton all fucking day. Ware should have been easily in the running for MVP, too. Um, Von Miller made some bigger, um, you know, key plays as far as, you know, like fumble, you know, uh, causing a fumble and all of that shit. Um, there were some plays for sure um, that could have been made by those wide receivers on the, on the Panthers that, that would have completely changed the game. Completely fucking changed the game. Um, and, hey, man, he doesn't have the best wide receiver core. He just doesn't. Um, but either way you look at it, um, I, I think Cam played a, a damn good game. Um, he did a lot out there, you know, staying in the fucking pocket and just really hanging around and taking big-ass hits and, um, you know, putting throws as good as he could, man. He's a hell of a player. He really is. Um, now, I mean, there was, there was a lot of big mistakes made. Um, you know, Peyton Manning didn't play a better game than, than Cam Newton as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, you won the game, but that was defensive. And, and Carolina's defense played a great game, too. Um, one dude on Carolina's defense that I didn't know about this until, like, the next day, but uh, Thomas Davis, man, this fucking dude broke his motherfucking arm in the NFC Championship game. He had a metal plate being secured by 11 screws in his arm and more than 40 stitches going up his fucking forearm. And he had him put a cast on top of that shit and went out and played the fucking Super Bowl. That's a that's a bad motherfucker right there, man. Shit, that that's got to be fucking respected for sure. Um, so there's that dude, man. And you know, it's not like you say like, oh, he he let up a lot of plays. Like you wouldn't have known the fucking difference. That dude went out there and balled out. So um, I mean, there was there was um, I mean, it was a war. Um, the thing, you know, down the stretch, Cam Newton did some things that was a little suspect. Um, as far as the, the one play that they're saying, he, you know, with the fumble and the, that he didn't go for it, he ran away from it. If you watch the, cause people made gifts and all of that shit about it. If you watch it, what was, try, what was about to happen was Cam was going to try to scoop it up on the run and make a big play out of it. Pro, you know, try to score off of that shit. He was going to try to scoop that fumble and run it into the fucking end zone. They were on like the 20 or maybe even closer. And um, you can tell 
the way he was coming in on it is he wanted to pick that thing up while running and keep going. As he got closer, dudes dove into this shot. You know, you could see people just come into the screen, and they're diving. At that point, it's pretty much at his feet. He can't dive at that point. So he had to just get the fuck out of the way or get his legs broke. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't – I mean, the only other thing that he could have done at that point was just boot the fucking ball, which I think is illegal – but shit, maybe it ends up with you guys having the ball and a penalty or some kind of shit like this. You know what I mean? Just fucking toe kick that motherfucker and see if you stand a chance with it then. Coming up off of it that way, he obviously had no chance, but I think that was his initial plan. And then when he, um, you know, he gave it up like that because he, he was a little too far out. Um, that end of the game shit, man, where the defense fucked up, they were in the goal line, and dude had fucking defensive holding, and then he threw himself on the fucking floor like a like a tantruming girl, um, you know, on the sideline. Like, that, that's some bullshit right there. You know what I mean? That, that was some complete bullshit. When he had, uh, again, he was hanging in there all day and catching hits after the pass, and he did that shit again. But now because it was a last-ditch effort, he wanted a he wanted a late-hit penalty, which it probably wasn't. I mean, you could have called it either way, but it probably wasn't a late hit. You know, it was no different than the hits he was taking earlier in the game after releasing the ball. And he, he just fucking did this, like, you know, again, like flopping around on the ground like a fish, like an angry bitch fish. And, uh, you know, that, that shit's uncalled for. I mean, you know I mean, you look like a bitch right now. You know, 265-pound motherfucking quarterback. Big-ass, tough fucking dude. And now you're flipping around on the ground like a bitch, man. Cut that shit out. So that, that, that to me, was some old bullshit. Now, as far as the the after-the-game stuff, they, you know, I don't know what they expect out of dudes to begin with because you don't don't see as much of, like, people sticking a mic in um, Ronda Rousey's face after she gets her fucking head kicked in. Hey, bitch, how you feel about getting knocked the fuck out just now? You know what I mean? Like, like what? how many answers can you give somebody when they're like, yeah, you just lost the fucking Super Bowl. You lost the biggest game of your career. What do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, of course, you go to the political, you know, the PC route, and you say, oh, well, you know, they, they outplayed us, and they played a good game, and we could have done better, and uh, I guess we didn't. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but – that shit writes itself. Like, why are you looking for answers that are, are pretty much scripted? There's, like, a certain way that you answer that question. You're not getting to get anything, like, enlightening out of it. The only time you get something big out of it is when motherfuckers don't say shit to you, kind of like Cam did. But Cam was upset, man. He was shook the fuck up, man. He just lost the goddamn Super Bowl. And it's like, hey, man, they outplayed us. Well, how did they outplay you? And it's like, I don't know, man. Just fucking outplay us. Like, what the fuck? And then uh, there was another video that you could hear in earshot that dude from the other team's getting interviewed, and they're like, yeah, you know, we didn't take that pass game serious, so we want to keep them passing because this passing game ain't shit. Meanwhile, they're going, so how'd you lose? <laughs> you know, and he's just like, fuck this, and got up and left. I mean, he shook Peyton's hand after the game and fucking congratulated him and all that shit. So as far as sportsmanship goes, he, he fucking handled himself well, I, I think. He, um, you know, fucking bitch mode, Marshawn Lynch, act like a dickhead all fucking season long. 
you know, doing his little juice so I don't get fired nonsense. On top of that shit, this dude pretty much announces retirement on Twitter during the fucking Super Bowl. Talking about some bitch-ass, unprofessional garbage. Other motherfuckers are playing in the Super Bowl, and you can't help but to make it about you during the fucking Super Bowl and post some bullshit with your cleats hanging up going, goodbye, and say, go fuck yourself, bitch mode. This motherfucker was getting outplayed by a rookie this year, hurt half the fucking year, and even when he wasn't hurt, fucking rookie was putting up immediate bigger numbers with the same offensive line, and, and he just fucking... Just, he just played like shit, man. That fucking team went to Minnesota, cold-ass fucking Minnesota, to play fucking ball, and this motherfucker decided, I'm, I'm just going to stay home because, uh, you know, they ain't clear me to play. And then, you know, try to chalk it up to some, oh, he, he's home rehabbing. Rehab my ass, motherfucker. He played, he played the fucking game seven days later. Seven days later, he's on the football field. Seven days before, he couldn't be on the sideline chilling, literally because it's cold as fuck. Come on, man. He's a, he's a piece of shit, man. So I'm glad that that motherfucker retired. Unfortunately, it's not like it does my Niners any favors because he was playing way worse ball than fucking Rawls was. Rawls is going to be a headache next year. Wouldn't have been Marshawn Lynch any fucking way. He would have been worried about getting traded somewhere else or ended up fucking second string to the young guy. So... It, you know, it, it is what it is with that fucking guy. So, fuck him. Um, also, speaking of other bitch-ass motherfuckers, Eli Manning, man. His brother wins the fucking Super Bowl, and he's got this fucking look on his face like like a villain in the beginning of a fucking superhero movie when the shit starts to turn and he starts to think about how he's going to try to take over the fucking city. That's what Eli Manning old bitch-ass looked like, man. And he tried to play it. Oh, I was worried about the two-point conversion, and I was focused on this. Bullshit, motherfucker. You look like mad as shit. He looked like, fuck, stupid-ass brother one fucking. Because everybody in the world thinks fucking Peyton Manning is a better quarterback, knows Peyton Manning is a better quarterback than Eli. But the only possible argument that you could ever say on Eli's side is, well, Eli got two rings. Now, two and two. You can't even fucking say that. So it just it goes back to clear favorite, this and that, and you know he's just being a bitch about it. But that's crazy as fuck. He had to look like that. I mean, and like I said, he's either a huge asshole or mildly retarded. Because I always kind of thought a little bit of both. Like you'll you'll catch him just like mouth open, just like kind of staring off into space while he's on a you know while the defense is on the field with the Giants. I think he he might be a little bit retarded, like real functional, um, you know, football-worthy retarded type shit. Um, So there's that. Um, The halftime shit, man, I'm done with this halftime shit has really got out of fucking control. Cold play, I don't give a fuck about a cold play. That's some old bullshit. Bruno Mars has been in, like, fucking three Super Bowls now. Fucking Tony Romo ain't been in one fucking – not that I give a fuck about that, but shit. Um, Beyonce, this motherfucker knows how to look uglier every time I see her. Yeah, I mean, she's always been known for her body and all this, but, man, her face fucked up. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. She, Her makeup game was on point early on or something because she's looking more and more like fucking Jay-Z as the time passed. But there were some faces, man. They pulled screen caps. I thought somebody fucking, you know, um... Photoshop Jay-Z's face on Beyonce's shit, but that was Beyonce just looking fucked up. On top of that, 
she tried to make some fucking anti-cop, Black Panther rowdy fucking statement. Get the fuck out of here. First off, this whole, you know, she gets a police escort to the motherfucking, to the joint. And then gets on out there and fuck the cops. You know what I mean? Get out of here with that shit. And, and you know, you're trying to make it a, a fucking statement. This ain't your fucking show. Go do your own fucking concert and decide what kind of fucking statement you're going to make. You're going to try to inject this shit into the motherfucking Super Bowl? Go fuck yourself, you ugly motherfucker, you. And the other thing is, like, you know, this Black Panther, this and this, and everybody wants to take a stand on what the Black Panthers mean. But uh, look, look, man. Anytime you make it us against them, you're creating more separation, and you're doing way more harm than good as far as equality goes. You're never going to get equality if it's us versus them. It's just not. You know what I mean? And there, there were good movements of the Black Panthers that were trying to even, the, you know, the playing field, and we're trying to do some good things and movements and this and that. But there were also, and the newer incarnations of it, were very hate-fueled and very racist, and very, you know, violent, and, and, you know, and, and who the fuck is she? To, all of a sudden, she's a fucking Black Panther. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? She's just on some bullshit, man. And, and everybody's got some, some fucking stand to take. But, you know what I mean? They live a whole different type of fucking life. You know what I mean? They're on a whole other fucking level as far as how their fucking life goes. And then they want to talk about how things ain't fair and shit. It's like, come on, man. There, you know, there was that situation in fucking uh, in Cali where the cops unloaded a hundred and four, I think a hundred and four rounds into the back of that truck with the two Hispanic ladies in there. You don't see no motherfucking Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, any of that shit. You don't see none of that shit. You don't see Beyonce saying shit about it. You don't see none of these motherfuckers saying shit about it as far as the the unjust about that. They unloaded. These, these, these chicks were delivering the fucking paper. It was, it was a mom and a daughter delivering fucking papers. And they thought it was another dude they were looking for. And they unloaded a hundred plus fucking rounds into the back of the shit. Didn't kill a single one of the motherfuckers. <laughs> I think... One of them got hit with one bullet. I don't think she died. I could be wrong. I ain't fact-checking this shit. This, this isn't something I'm, you know, um, you know, super, uh, you know, riled up about either. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of shit that gets completely overlooked like it never happened, and then there's other shit that gets blown into a proportion like everybody should stop their lives and focus on this and revolt against this and this. Where the majority of this bitch's life ain't about revolting about a motherfucking thing. It's about living a fucking diva life. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, she gets paid fucking millions of dollars to come to the fucking Super Bowl looking like looking like a monster. And, and now she's going to make some kind of fucking statement. Go fuck yourself. So, I, I mean, that that's just my thoughts on that. Um, so what, what, what else? Um, let me see. Um, I guess Axel Rotten. Um, Axel Rotten died uh, 44 years old. Uh, they found him dead outside of McDonald's or something. Um, and look, I, I've never been an Axel Rotten fan. He's never been um, his style of wrestling. That style of hardcore has never been my thing. Um, you know, having said that, he's a guy who influenced a whole lot of people 
who do do the type of hardcore that I like very much. So um, he's influenced many, many people. Um, he trained Ian Rotten. And, you know, Ian has, has turned out to do a whole lot of different things in, in wrestling that is, that is tremendous shit. And, you know, probably wouldn't be anywhere that he is in, or I'm not saying where he is as if he's somewhere special. I'm just saying wouldn't have accomplished the type of things with IWA Mid-South and, um, you know, innovated the type of things within Deathmatch Wrestling with the King of the Deathmatch. And if it wasn't for the influence of an Axel Rotten. So, I mean, rest in peace to Axel. Obviously had his demons and all that. But, um, you know, he definitely had a, a positive influence on a lot of guys, you know, that, that walked that path as far as the, the hardcore wrestling goes. And, you know, what ECW did and, and what they were doing at the time and, you know, so, you know, rest in peace to him. Like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I'm very well aware of that he had on a lot of people who did become, you know, guys that I'm I'm big fans of. So, you know, Um, I'm going to take a break and, uh, you know, come back. Like I said, I got got a lot of topics. So um, let me, let me throw down my first break and then, uh, you know, come back and hit up some more shit. All right, let me go with this track. (laughs) I'm gonna find you and make you Hello rap game, me how, how you doing? I didn't do my time, now it's time to take my turn. My curse has been inverted since my first is brain cells burned. But I didn't been deferred to assistance and interns. And I didn't been on hold for some years, it's getting old. I'm too blessed to fit the mold. They said press six to give your soul. Or not, and you can hold. You ain't never gonna explode or expand across the globe. But look like I just skipped the cold. Hello. Hello all up in your ear. You should hear me loud and clear. We was not allowed in here, and now we smoking loud in here. How we in the game, and they ain't put a chain on them. Cleaner than that thing, and my spray don't got a stain on it. Lil Xan, fuck the chance up. Donnie Trump is Said band up, Donnie McClurkin said stand up. I know contracts is like handcuffs. I know combat when it's hand to hand with handguns. I know answers. I know man to man can't stand us. I know exactly how you want brand us to take campus to the campus. Fix the trips to get the bus fast like twist up mix with bus. When you like what's that Dixie does for it, pick me up. Bitch shine till it's crystal clean like Listerine from a Dixie cup. I'm a jam band aid, kiss the cut. But now I'm thinking about offices and mansions with amenities, running over pools and infinities, award shows and housewives and game shows and Hennessy. It's different from the energy I see being in your vicinity. Mistaken identity, you behaving differently. Hey, yo, chance, don't stop now, nigga. You the protest, you the marches, you on the forefront, you the farthest, you the melanin in the darkness. Wrong number, what a shame. You and I look just the same, that's why I got you in my name. Let's push it to the masses, get them wavy, give them surf. One time, shout out the bus, I know this a long ass verse, but I'm just getting started, I'm taking this rap shit global. Put my music in the museum, put my bars in Barnes and Noble, shape the office like an oval, make the triangle a circle. See some little boys and girls, tell them I was your referral. I'm Chicago like a gyro, I'm Chicago like some hurls. I will borrow from the borough, show tomorrow to the world, place the urban and the rural. Make the wall into a mural. Lead it where it needed be. They jockin' like a ninny beat. Now they cannot get rid of me. Bye bye to the industry. Lionel Richie, is it me? Hello? Cheers to rapper, sing it to him. Is it me you're yeah. looking yeah. for? I'm gonna find you yeah. and yeah. make you all. Check me. Must rhyme the 
come with the force and lay it across. Hit you like I'm playing lacrosse. And if it was July, drop it on the day of the fall. My fire make you bust a shot. Bullet string and get lost. Stay and get I'm here with a floss, a chain with a frost. While a yellow diamond shine with a gloss of cause. Shit heavy like we wearing a heart. Violate. One shot to turn your brain in a sauce. Just praying remorse. Nigga, you know we wet from the start. You slept on the art. Bugging on how we put out your spark. We separate the heat from corny shit and kept it apart. Step in the dark. Spit a test the rest of your heart. Now rest in the dark. We the best of the sharks. They love when we fart. And leave a mark, so put it in part. Whenever we bark, we make you come and get with this nigga. Get next to this nigga. We pass professional. You can call me your specialist nigga. We fuck shit up while you call me the best at this nigga. The way we put it down. You'll be calling a censorship nigga. Oh, nigga We holding a higher rank And we holing the back And I'm grabbing niggas Holding they shank Or they clickety clank Hello Now just clap from front to back And just react What Like you know you post it Till you tie It is the feeling What Keep on clapping Get to acting up Now keep on packing What All the time Now feel the fire in the building Hey You can never touch the way I do it And the way I be moving about And shaking and shouting And breaking the mountain And making the noise That I be making every time That you be hitting sorry for keeping you waiting Bro, Shit And if you let a y'all Could've gone Well I hit you with another man I have to the fact If you want me to go A little further Get in this thing What's faster than that Hello and I ain't going nowhere. It's me. Bust a bus. Salute Chance the Rapper. Text more. Big up, big up, big up, big up. DJ Just know, God got his hand on us. I feel so good about me. Trust this. We good over here. I pray that you're good over there. We don't lose. But by losing us, that might be a significant loss for you. All right, I'm back. Um, um, a bunch of different things, man. I, you know, I just got this list over here to talk about things. So, um, all right. Um, I watched um Sozio shoot. Now, um, I had actually got the uh the CZW network or whatever you want to call that shit. The uh, I don't know what the fuck. CZW Studios, I think that's what it's called. So I decided to sign up for that shit, which kind of surprised myself. Um, I don't know how long I'm going to stay signed up for it because, again, I don't rewatch really too much of the shit that I watched initially. Um, you know, if I go to a show, I generally don't rewatch it. Um, I don't know. I'll check it out for a little while or whatever. But um, I, I pretty much signed up for that shit, surprisingly enough, for the Sojo shoot because I was like, you know, I want to see what he's got to say. I like to do it a lot you know, personally, and, um, I, I was like, you know what, let me, let me check it out, so, um, I, I watched it, and I, I enjoyed it, you know, he was, he was straight up about a lot of things, um, as far as, uh, you know, he admitted to being kind of an asshole initially, uh, in wrestling, and admitted to a lot of things that he did wrong, and that he was just, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and, uh, you know, I, acted immaturely and all that, you know, early on. Um, and that he, you know, he's, he's learned from that a lot. Um, kind of buried his, his ex-girlfriends. Um, uh, you know, I know that's probably what a lot of the, uh, the press coming off of it is, is, um, you know, he, he buried, um, Noel and, uh, pretty much said that she, she never wanted to work or do anything and just wanted to more or less get paid to look pretty. Um, I you know I don't know I mean I'm just saying what he said you know I don't I don't know any of this to be uh, you know accurate other than the fact that he said it and then uh, you know Kimberly um, 
you know, he had a lot to say about her um, as far as her, um, you know, not being uh, faithful and this and that and cheating. And, uh, you know, he's reading off things out of her diary to say that, you know, she said this and this and was, uh, you know, messing around with this dude and that dude. And, um, you know, a lot of that just kind of went that way. Um, He said, you know, he was talking about female wrestling, uh, about women's wrestling as a whole. And, I mean, I got to be honest with you, I I mostly agree with what he said. Um, Some of the shit, you know, I mean, I think he goes a little bit too far with it because he more or less says that women's wrestling across the board is garbage. Which I, I'd say there's definitely um there's definitely a lot of exceptions there. Um I can't watch a women's wrestling show. I'd say, you know, if there's if there's eight matches on the card, I I'm probably gonna hate seven of them. I mean I, I honestly like I just don't have tolerance for it. And and I have the I have the, the thought that like I wanna see a good match. I don't give a fuck who it is, you know what I mean? But can't be that was pretty good for a girl it, it can't be that it just it can't be that at all because i'm not into that i'm not looking to make exceptions because you're this or because you're that you know whatever um i mean like what sasha banks and bailey did on fucking nxt they absolutely tore the fucking house down they absolutely killed it they made everybody else have to step their game up because of what they put out there set a fucking standard and it, and it was just a phenomenal match. And, that you know, it shouldn't take a hesitation to say that about a women's match. But for the most part, it does. The majority of women's wrestling fans are fucking just despicable people for the most part. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure there's not a women's wrestler <laughs> that would listen to this that'll that'll like what I'm saying, but it is what it is. I mean, if you look at the fucking majority of women's wrestling crowds, they're fucking creeps. They're, you know, the amount of messages that, I mean, these are the dudes that are buying, like, used women's fucking wrestling trunks and socks and shit and, you know, buying shit off the Amazon wish, list, wish lists and stuff. That's not normal adult behavior. It's just not. That's not... Hey man, I'm a fan of fucking you know. Um, I'm a huge 49er fan, so I'd like to buy fucking uh, you know Jerry Rice some shit off of his Amazon wish list. That's not normal adult behavior. It's just not, especially if they're supposed to be on a higher level as far as being entertainers, and now you're gonna go above and beyond to try to be on some kind of minuscule personal level with them. And just be creepy as fuck, you know what I mean? And a lot of these girls will post, like, the, the kind of crazy-ass fucking direct messages that they get because these motherfuckers are on some just wild creep shit, man. And and a lot of the, a lot of their careers are supported by these motherfucking people, man. It just, It is what it is. So, I mean, to each their own. And whatever audience there is, obviously it supports it. It keeps it going. But I'm just, I'm not a fan on that level to say that, like, you know, top to bottom, that was a great women's wrestling show. I, I can't imagine saying that at any point. Um, you know, I, I got to see a, a well-balanced show. I got to see this match was the hardest-hitting shit I've seen in a long time. I got to see 
this match was, you know, the pace on it was crazy. You know, these guys were doing like, you know, the complete sprint and, um, you know, the accuracy on the fucking sequences were just off the chain, man. They just nailed that shit, you know. And then this match, oh, you know, this hardcore match is fucking brutal, man. You see that bump, this and that. I mean, if you can't put together that top-to-bottom kind of, um, you know, wave of different styles and different – and just really hit it at the highest level, then I'm not really down to see the best that you can do. Um, so that's that's a lot, you know – why I could kind of agree with some of what he's saying as far as women's wrestling, because a lot of it is absolute garbage. Um, like I said, for the most part, I enjoyed the shoot. Um, you know, uh, the thing was that I was like, all right, you know, I've paid 10 bucks or 20 bucks for a shoot before. And then it was like, well, you know, I could just pay the nine bucks, you know, nine ninety nine, and uh, just sign up for the month. And then I can watch as much shit as I want, you know, for that same price. So it made all the sense in the world for me to just sign up for it rather than trying to, you know, rent the thing. Because I think it's even more expensive to rent it than it is to just sign up for the fucking thing. So I'll probably go back and see if I can check out some old old CZW shit, uh, even though I've seen it all. But, um, yeah, I was thinking about watching some of that uh, Smash vs. CZW show, but I, I don't know if I'll get around to it. I always have so much shit to watch and never really get around to it. That's why I can't imagine that I'm going to stay signed up for it for too long. I started to watch, there was um, like a Tournament of Death documentary that they did, and I got through maybe 10, 15 minutes of it because DJ is just, he just over-exaggerates everything and makes everything sound like fucking shit. And, and that's, you know, Tournament of Death as a spectacle itself is is something to be seen. But when you start off and you start to give the commentary that's like, and the the road, oh, Ebenezer Church Road, you know, the driveway is not even paved. It's like a quarter mile of just gravel that you got to drive on to come in. Like, who gives a fuck about the gravel and the quarter mile? And what the fuck is that, man? Like, you're just over-exaggerating for the sake of effect, but you don't know how to cut a fucking promo. You don't know how to do a fucking interview. You don't know how to do anything that doesn't sound completely ridiculous and over-fucking-hype, you know, and um, just self-satisfactory. Like, you're just trying to fucking jerk yourself off. Another thing, while we're on DJ, um, CZW apparently has a podcast now. That's on their website. Uh, another thing that I've listened to all of 15 minutes of. It was that broad um, Wiggy pretty much interviewing DJ Hyde. So it was the 15 minutes I heard was her talking to him while he jerked himself off on the fucking podcast. And that that's what it is. Oh, well, I've done this. And oh, I... I, it was really great when I did this, and it's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. It, it, this, there is no need for someone who runs a company to run a podcast. The thing is, is podcasts are out there to put out different opinions on the wrestling products that are being put out there. If the podcast is run by the company who runs the company, you're not going to get any constructive criticism you're not going to get anything actually entertaining you're just going to get promoting 
the same shit that you're already promoting on your website. You're going to self-promote, which you should be doing on other people's shows that have their listenership, and they're going to help you put over things because now people are going to listen to them saying something about you that they might be reviewing a show. Like, you know, and the thing is with me is I'm not a dick sucker. All these fucking jerk-off podcasts, like everyone's on the fucking Shining Wizards dicks, they're fucking nerds. They bring motherfuckers into their house and sit them on their couch or wherever the fuck they are, and they blow dudes. That's what they do. They have the little fucking pink T-shirts, and, you know, and it, and it's just a big fucking circle jerk, and that's all it is. And, and you know, people love getting jerked off, and that's, well, that's what it comes down to. It's the most comfortable thing in the world to go on a podcast that's never going to say anything negative, never going to have a fucking problem with a single match you've done, at least not to your face. They're they're not going to have anything interesting to ask, and it's just going to be cookie-cutter fucking interview, and 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 that's that's what guys are looking for. If you can do these different podcasts and whatever, and they still help with promotion too, whether they're entertaining to me or not, they still help with promotion too because it's a different group of people with their own listenership that does help reach more audience. So that makes sense. But again, if you're the fucking company and you're running the fucking podcast, what exactly are you looking to accomplish there? I just, I don't really understand, but on a lot of fronts, DJ has always been clueless. Um, No surprise there. Um, so I can't imagine that podcast lasting very long. Um, if it does, I can't imagine it getting tremendous listenership. I I really can't. Um, uh, so anyway, um, I also watched the Sammy Callahan shoot, the new Sammy Callahan shoot. Um, my first criticism on this, pretty much my only negative criticism on this is, the fact that he decided to do the shoot with a big, giant wad of fucking dip in his mouth. Look, you're getting paid to do a shoot, and people are paying to watch your shoot. Have the fucking decency to take the fucking dip out of your mouth and do the shit like a professional. I, I mean, look, man, this isn't rocket scientists. This isn't rocket science. You're spitting brown shit into a fucking can for the the entirety of the interview. And, like, when he first started this shit, it was such a knot in his bottom fucking lip. He had, like, he couldn't even really talk the same as he did, like, midway through when it was smaller and shit. It, it's fucking crazy. I feel like the fans are owed that much. You know, um, I've heard a lot of discussions about this shit, you know, with baseball, too. It's like, you know... You guys are, you know, in HD TV, and you're spitting brown shit out of your fucking cheek. Paid multi million dollars for it. Do you think maybe for that couple of hours that you're playing the fucking game, you could fucking refrain from that? I mean, you're getting paid millions of dollars for for doing what you're doing. Do you, do you need to get a nicotine buzz while you're fucking out here? I mean, it's it's fucking crazy. Um, and that's, I mean, that's obviously on a baseball level, but on on a shoot interview, man. They don't have a lot of fucking options of what to look at. It's you, you know, fucking chest up in the camera for several hours, and they're watching you talk. 
and you're spitting into a fucking thing. I mean, it's 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 just crazy, man. I I think it's the decent thing to do is to like hold off on that shit, or if you need to take a bunch of breaks and go dip, you know, in between, you know, get get your fucking fix on, and then you know, come back and talk for a little while. I mean, whatever you got to do, man. But Jesus Christ, um, but it was a good shoot. You know, he he told a lot of uh, you know, his experience with the WWE and why he felt things went went the way it did. He said he kind of, he thinks he kind of missed the, the cut where he was in there too early. So when the flow, and I would agree when the flow of, um, you know, all the, the indie guys started coming in, pushed as indie guys, those guys kind of got the fast track blew by him where at that point he was already kind of labeled as that like developmental talent where they expected him to build up to a certain kind of thing where other guys were kind of just allowed to come in as themselves and um, just fucking shine, and, you know, and, you know, he talked about Bill DeMott and how he felt about his training and, you know, how it really depended on his mood, and there was one way that he did things, other ways that other people did things. You know, he really explained a lot of different things and took you through a lot of, like, all of the positive experience you had in the WWE training and, you know, being down there in NXT and talking to Dusty, and there's so many different things that he shared you know, I think it was pretty cool. And um, according to him, you know, he really left the door open as far as um, leaving on good terms where he left and, you know, hopes to go back there in the future and really wants to just go all out on the indies and fucking hit it hard and then hopefully come back, you know, at a later date and be able to come back full force as himself, you know, such as these other guys are. Um, So, it was a good shoot. You know, I recommend both. Um, again, I mean, the, the dip thing was just something that just, you know, kind of turned me off. You know, not that I'm looking to, you know, get turned on by a fucking shoot or anything like that. I don't mean it like that. But um, I, I just was like, oh, come on. It's fucking gross, man. You know? Um, but it is what it is. Um, so there's that. Um, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan retired. 34 years old, man. It's crazy. I'm fucking 37. I'll be 38 in, uh, next month. So it's crazy, you know, seeing people, you know, younger than you, you know, hitting this level and doing these type of things. But the thing is, you know, and a lot of people are so tremendously sad over, it. you know, they're, they're posting this nonstop shit like he died or something. And, and and I understand the sadness behind it because, you know, it was something that he loved to do and, and a guy who was, you know, one of the very best at what he did. And, um, you know, to have that kind of taken away from him, you know, due to injury, it, it is terrible. However, this fucking guy absolutely revolutionized between him and CM Punk because I still, I still got to give CM Punk so much fucking credit for what he did and how many doors he opened as far as the indie flow went and the indie guys getting the respect that they deserved because for so long they were just looked at as like a minor league talent, like they weren't up to the status of the WWE guys. For so long, it was just cookie cutter for the most part. It had to be a big jacked up dude. If you weren't that at size, they weren't really interested. And at best, you could work 10, 20 years, 15 years in the indies, you came up there, 
they're going to fucking rip you down to scratch and then try to fucking build something completely different out of you to make you their own. And most likely, you wouldn't get past fucking jobber status because it just wasn't what they were about. When you look at guys like Daniel Bryan, everybody on the indies knew what he was fucking worth. Everybody knew what Punk was worth. And then when they went to the WWE, they fucking hit it for everything it was worth. They went from the bottom to the motherfucking top. And I mean the top. These dudes were holding fucking titles. This dude, you know, at, at his tiny, you know, height, you know, he wasn't a six-foot dude by any stretch. And he went in there and absolutely killed it. He brought in that physical, athletic, professional wrestling and he made it a thing that that was that wasn't frowned upon. It wasn't just you know the curtain jerker, um, you know lucha match or tag team match that they would throw out there. Or, you know back when they were doing the light heavyweight matches, those guys wouldn't even be put in a class of the heavyweight title picture. I mean this guy, he overcame so much as far as making that shit valuable, and you know the support that he got from the fans was something that, you know, I haven't really seen much of that shit before. But the whole fucking crowd, yes, yes. And not only doing the yes, but doing the fucking fingers up. So you saw the whole crowd doing like the fucking wave, you know what I mean? When you saw, you can't, you can pump in crowd noise, but when you got arm movements with that shit, you really started to know, like, hey, man, this shit is legit. You looked around, and you saw everybody's fucking arms going up and down at the same time. You know that shit's legit. So, you know, of course there's a sadness to it. King Guy went out there and hit this shit out of the motherfucking park. This dude rose to the motherfucking top. And all you could do is respect that. And know that he he solidified himself a spot in WWE history as an indie guy and fucking opened a path for so, so many fucking guys that are now shining right now. You know what I mean? And, you know, like I said, the same goes for Punk. Now, Punk didn't leave as gracefully and, you know, he didn't. He didn't go out the same way, and he wasn't as humble of a dude. You know, a big difference between Punk and Brian. Brian was always a, a much more humble dude, and Punk, you know, had a lot more of a chip on his shoulder, was a lot more of an arrogant dude. So it might have been a different exit. It might have been a different, you know, uh, way of ending it, this and that. But those dudes both deserve tremendous amount of credit for, you know, what they did to revolutionize the way that the WWE has gone forward. Because when you look at, like, the future and who are the guys of the future, there's not a lot of these fucking super jacked-up dudes. A lot of them are looking like the fucking indie guys that, you know, we're used to watching tear the fucking house down on the indies. And, and there's been different guys. Like, you're John Cena's. Everybody was so convinced this fucking guy couldn't wrestle. John Cena had a fucking program with Daniel Bryan. John Cena had a program with CM Punk. All of a sudden, you're looking at these matches going, wow, that was a really good fucking match. Turns out, if you put John Cena in with wrestlers, John Cena's going to wrestle. A lot of times, is you know, you had that cookie-cutter WWE match. It's going to go this way. 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 It's going to finish. That's 
John Cena is the fucking flagship of the company. So if they were running this blueprint of a match, well, he was going to be the king of running that blueprint of a match because that's what they were asking from him. When wrestling became popular within the WWE because of guys like Daniel Bryan, because of guys like CM Punk, all of a sudden John Cena was asked to do a different thing. And when it came time for him to step up, he stepped right the fuck up, you know? And that that's – I just give guys like Daniel Bryan so much fucking credit for being able to do that type of thing. And, of course, man, this dude's on such, you know, good terms with those those guys. You know, he'll have a fucking office job or something like that. I know everybody's, like, dying for him to show up in Ring of Honor tomorrow, but, like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, you know? He retired from wrestling. He could still have a job with the company that makes a ton of fucking money and just do his fucking thing that way. doesn't make any sense for him to just be like, all right, now I'm fucking leaving the company completely to make a grand at fucking Ring of Honor, you know, this month or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, much respect to that dude, and um, it is what it is. I mean, we only get so much chance to make a fucking impact on any anything that we come encounter with, you know, anything we come in contact with. And if you can make the level of impact that Daniel Bryan made, you can call that shit premature. You can call that shit, you know, way too early. Or, you know, oh, he had so much left in the tank and this and that. But that impact, you could have stretched that impact over 30 years in the WWE. And if he accomplished what he did in the time he was there, you'd still consider it fucking monumental. So in a short amount of time, he accomplished accomplished what people couldn't do in 20, 30 years. You know what I mean? He patched together some real legendary shit. He really did. He will absolutely be in the WWE Hall of Fame. You can guarantee that. Punk most likely won't unless he comes to terms with them in the future and, you know, makes nice with them a la Ultimate Warriors type shit down the road. But, um... Daniel Bryan will absolutely be in the WWE Hall of Fame down the road. For everything he did, as over as he fucking was, the amount of shirts he sold, the amount of... I mean, dude made a huge, huge fucking impact. So, much respect to that dude. Sad to see him, you know, not be able to do it anymore. But, man, what more could you hope for than make that kind of fucking impact? So, yeah. Um, All right, I'm going to take another break. Come back, uh, you know, got a preview to CZW show, and um, let's talk about that other uh, deathmatch deal that was supposed to go on. All right, let me see. All right, play this joint. Getting too big, the word has come down. It's not healthy to get too big. They call him a crack dealer. I am like Warhol. A nigga paint a picture of a bullet for all y'all. Now crawl form. My sophomore jinx is more me. But only for my mother, she'll use them as couch covers. You niggas cheapin' in my all-star weekends. If y'all can't swim in the deep end and watch nigga. Woo! 80,000 on this watch, nigga. Yeah, and I ain't never had to watch, nigga. Rich or wealthy. 
pick your poison. I think I paid for one too many abortions. Another Celine, it's like a routine. It's like a Ferris wheel of waist trainers and seven jeans. Her new body's in my new body. Make her in the hourglass, that's my new hobby. Rich nigga shit, how I blew my first million. Luckily with something in the ceiling, keep dealing, yeah. He's talk right numbers, out. but never talk him to me, though. When you the link to what fits in a keyhole. The realest nigga, the marathon on the Rico. The last cocaine superhero. I got the cape on to cover kilos. The villain wins the evolution of Nino. Goddamn Batman, holy Toledo. Nah, you ain't talking to me, reported a snort. King's whole court. Lawyers get bought. Palms get greased when them cases get fought. No felony, what the fuck is you telling me? Reduce the simple assault. It cost to keep it hush-hush. It was just us. Ended up selling my Batmobile. The crash don't kill. It's how you survived it. Rebound on niggas, I nine lived it. Couldn't miss a Super Bowl or a Cancun. Bitches ain't respecting niggas, not in full bloom. So the neck is full moon. I'm living a lie, she lived for this life. And loving the liar pumps. Loving the rush, I'm living the wire. Uh. Drugs in this rap, it's really empire, rich nigga shit. How I lost my second million, luckily with something in the ceiling, keep dealing, yeah. Talk numbers, but never talk them to me, though. When you the link to what fits in a keyhole. The realest nigga, the marathon on the Rico. The last cocaine superhero. I got the cape on to cover kilos. The villain wins the evolution of Nino. Goddamn Batman, holy Toledo. Nah, you ain't talking to me though. Ten toes deep in the trap, nigga, I'm good here. Feeling like Tony reading the words on a good year. Big said, only the feds I should fear. So no threat beyond your step with the whole hood there. Yeah, shoot up shit, then we blow the scene. Kerosene in the 20 ounce, holy spring. Nothing to lose attitude, like rhyme from Arizona. It's homicide when I slide up on ya. Reporting live from the project benches. Hella cane, dope cellophane, dirty syringes. Heron dimes, street walking on three week bench. Clientele, look like the thriller bin. 3D lens, COD. Niggas never had to front me, Jones. I'm weighing bricks on the scale, ain't put the lunch meat on. I'm Nino Brown in the project. Yes, Curtis Jackson in his Pyrex. Your Richard died trying is my mindset. And spin it all to I'm swallowing dirt. Cause I ain't never see a brunch truck follow a hearse. I ain't never see a dead man taking a stand. I ain't never see a nigga swallow a bullet and let it talk about it. About that bread, I drop a coffin about it. You watch me go through hell, now watch me walk about it. Nigga shit, that's how I lost three million. Luckily, it was something in the ceiling. Keep dealing, keep dealing. <laughs> All right, so um, look, this uh, Kill 'Em All Cup was a deathmatch tournament that has been planned for months. Uh, now this was supposed to go on this weekend. Now um, I- I'll tell you the reason that's been given now is um, unfortunately uh, Corporal Robinson's grandmother had passed away, which is is something that that legitimately happened. So. Um, yeah, you know, he's he's not gonna be able to pull it together for you know for the thing. Now, as understandable as that is, the rest of the things that have happened leading up to this thing has been a complete disaster. And I gotta say, a hundred percent from the fucking start, I did not trust this. And it goes back 
all the way back to when the fuck was that? It was like September, I want to say. September, October, November, yeah, I think it was September when um, he went on and he did that podcast that was um, begging for money for Nick Gage. Now, the the guys that they were going under was, we need this money to get Nicky out right now. We We can get him out this week or next week or some kind of right now type shit if we get a grand together. Now, the first promise that was made, obviously there was the, we're going to get him out. Well, we're like five months later, and he's still in. So they raised well over a grand, and then that was pretty much the last you heard of any of that, as far as him getting out or any of that shit. Ain't happening. Yeah, I mean, whatever time he's going to do is the fucking time he's going to do. I don't think that Graham made a fucking ounce of difference other than maybe his fucking, his commissary is fucking high as shit right now. But what the fuck does that mean? Because, yeah, I mean, when when you're doing the the fundraiser, which just to me is fucking ridiculous. Because if someone violates parole and then there's a fundraiser for, I, I don't really fully understand that, that system. Yeah, I mean, when there's people who, who, you know, and I dwelled on this in the past, but again, you know, when Fat Frank's family loses their sole provider and motherfuckers in a couple months' time can't raise nearly the fucking money that they raised in like 24 hours for a fucking guy who violated parole, to me that doesn't make fucking sense. Maybe that's just my morals, maybe that's just the way that I look at things, but to me it doesn't make fucking sense and I don't respect it. All right. So when that happened, the other promise that was made was there's a, there's a lot of promises made that night. I listened to the show. wasn't going to contribute a motherfucking thing, but I was listening to the show. And another promise that was made was for every X amount of dollars raised, they were going to have this junkyard match, like like the J.C. Bailey, John Zandig, Nick Cage junkyard match. They were going to have a match like that, and I believe it was going to be Corp and John Wayne Murdoch and uh, Randy West in the three-way. I I could be wrong on those participants. I'm 90% sure Murdoch was the the second dude. I know Randy West was in it and uh, Corp. So for X amount of dollars, it would go X amount of minutes. When it came down to the end of it, they were promising a two-hour death match that was to go on within the next week. Never happened. Again, five months later, never happened. So while they wanted the money, the promises were made. When the money got there, who gives a fuck? That's what happened. Amongst that, they were trying to raise a a grant. They were at, I think, about $600. If you remember way back when this shit happened, 
I called this kid fucking, uh, he calls himself Gov Holocaustal on, on Facebook, because why not? I think his real name's Corey. But I call him a jerk-off or an asshole or whatever the fucking case may be. Um, it all applies to me. Um, you know, for donating 400 fucking dollars. Because his stipulation was... He wanted Corp to run a deathmatch tournament in fucking Wisconsin. And Corp is like, I, I fuck, for 400 I, oh, absolutely, I swear I'll do it. I swear, I swear, I swear, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. So this was the beginning of the planning of the kill em all Cup. Again, we're talking five months later. Now, as time went on, um, Kill em All Cup was going to be the biggest, baddest motherfucker and more people in it, this and that. 28, 28 guys he was trying to put in this fucking Kill em All Cup. That means 14 first round matchups. 14. Now, of course, there's other ways you can break it down, but he started to announce matches and they were one on one. So they weren't three ways, they weren't four ways in the first round. They were one-on-ones. So we're talking 14 first-round matchups. And he was talking about non-tournament matches, too, which is fucking crazy. 14 matches on a show is fucking crazy. So if you added more. um, So to say, yeah, we got a two-day tournament, fucking 28 guys on it. I mean, just imagine the pay on that, just to pay the guys to work. And 14 of those guys, you're going to pay at least twice. Because first round, you get rid of half of them. 14 of those guys, you're going to pay for working twice. So I'd imagine that would mean more. I'm not a, you know, deathmatch worker. I'm not a worker at all. But I'd imagine that means more than you would pay a guy for one match if they're going through two rounds, right? So, 14 fucking guys are going to have to get paid that. You're not even including fucking travel. You're not even including what you're going to pay out to rent whatever venue. And then therein lies the second problem. It was supposed to be two days away. As of this week, there was still no venue announced. All I had heard was, we're down to possible uh, one of two venues. Do we have two venues that are possibilities? If it's not one, it's going to be the other. I don't give a fuck, man. You understand that, like, when this shit came about, people were asking me if I want to go on this and this. And that would have been a fucking, like, a, just like King of the Death was, like a 14-hour fucking drive for us. And I got to take off work for this shit. I'm not like these motherfuckers. That that just fucking travel and wrestle and and just fucking do what they got to do that way and, and scrape by. I have a fucking six-day-a-week job. You got to, like, schedule vacation time. And a lot of regular motherfuckers who work regular fucking jobs, you know, the fans, they got to work. You, you can't just up and fucking leave unless you live in fucking Wisconsin. What the fuck is it? You can't just fucking keep it up in the air until the fucking week of. So the venue was completely unclear for all that fucking time. Meanwhile, 
they were fucking selling tickets. They've been selling tickets since fucking uh, October, November. And Corp was hitting people up privately. Um, not me, but I know people who he was. Saying, I'll give you a special deal. I'll give you two days, the two-day tournament front row for $120. What the fuck? Special deal. Special, that's fucking $60 a ticket? $60 a day? I don't even know if Ring of Honor charges $60 for front row. I know at some point they were charging like 50 or some shit when they really started to hit, you know, bigger and like final battle would be like 50 bucks or some shit like this. We're talking about a deathmatch tournament in fucking Wisconsin and you're talking about $60 a day and you're, you're telling somebody you're going to give them a deal for that? What kind of shit? And and he was trying to have money, like money grams and money directly wired to him. This is months before the show even fucking got there. And there's no venue. As of last week, no venue. As of yesterday, no venue. So, hey, man, I understand that some shit happened. And, and you know, you know, my condolences as far as, you know, you losing a family member, that sucks, man. My grandmother meant everything to me. So as far as that goes, man, like my condolences. But this fucking, the the tournament itself was shady from the motherfucking start. I hit him up like last week or the week before. And I asked him, you know, what what's the lineup like, man? Like, he's like, well, I, you know, I don't really know, you know, who's in it, who's not. Like, I got guys that are telling me they're in it and then telling other people they're not. Right now we have 18 people. So as of like last week and a week before, he was already down 10 people from what he was announcing initially. What kind of bullshit is that? If you can't promote an event and put on fucking flyers and put on, of course, cards subject to change and all that shit, but you can't have like night and fucking day. You can't announce 28 guys and show up with 10. Yeah, I mean, you can't charge people hundred fucking twenty dollars and then expect them to be all right with half of what the fuck they signed up for. Fourteen hour fucking drive and shit like this. Motherfuckers flying in and wrestlers are flying in. Lane just posted today that on Facebook he just posted that he bought his plane t- ticket, and it's not refundable, but he can still use it to fly somewhere else if he wants to or whatever. So hold on. The wrestler, I don't know if all the wrestlers, but this wrestler was paying his flight to come to a deathmatch tournament to work for the fucking two? What the fuck kind of shit is this? This whole shit was fucking crazy, man, from the fucking start. And everybody fucking said this shit. Now, there is a whole thing between Ian Rotten and Corp and all of this shit that went down from the start. And I'm not going to get too deep into their beef because I, you know, I have my thoughts on, on you know, where I fall with it. And, I, you know, there's a lot of shady shit. There's a lot of shady shit, man. And it all seems to fall on the same fucking side. And they, they now there's just blame place. There's blame place. There's blame place. Ian is, Ian is calling this place, and Ian is calling that place, and they had a venue, but then Ian must have called them a thousand times and, and got the place canceled, and then, then Corp is calling people, 
and can and getting Ian's places fucking canceled and shit like this. So everybody's losing venues and this and this. Regardless of all that, card on their own. All sorts of fucking talent pulled off that fucking card on their own. Josh Crane had announced fucking that he was having major fucking surgery and he was going to be out for up to six months. That same week, they were still putting out new press releases with Josh Crane on the fucking card. Me as a fan, I could look at his page that he just posted and said, oh, shit, you know, he's going to be out for a minute. And these guys are signing, uh, Josh Crane first round, we got this. And it's like, come on, man. I think they later on replaced him or something. But they're, the only people they're giving info to is these little bullshit, dickhead, fucking defend deathmatch wrestling pages. You know, the assholes that were giving them 400 fucking dollars like jerk-offs. Like fucking irresponsible, fucking naive jerk-offs. The ones that were paying out their fucking ass and just going, I trust you, everything's going to be okay. Now you're fucking ass out of money because you're a jerk-off. That's what these little defend deathmatch jerk-offs are all about. So there's no, like, open, hey, everybody, come see the fucking show because that's what you would do. What you would do if you were running a legitimate situation and you were booking 28 motherfucking people not counting deathmatches, Man, you need to bring in people from all fucking angles. You need to pack, you need to get a house big enough to pack the motherfucker to pay for the shit. Because otherwise, there is no chance of success. If you're going off of little Facebook groups and just trying to tell them on the side, like, here's what we're going to do. Well, you're not going to pack a motherfucking thing and you're going to take a beating on that show. If you plan on running it. That's if you plan on running it. But that, that's what became real fucking crazy to me because I could search and search and search and find fucking nothing. And this shit was sponsored by UEW, and they had half those fucking guys coming from California. California. Those guys had to come from all the fucking way over there for this. They had guys from the East Coast to come all the way the fuck over here. From all over the fucking place. And, and this was somehow going to be paid for by what? By what? The fucking Defend Deathmatch Wrestling Group? To me, it looked like bullshit from the start. It looked shady as fuck. I'm glad I'm smart enough not to sign up for that shit. I'm not out a single fucking dollar for them not running this fucking tournament. Ian put out there, look, man, another little fact. Ian put out there amongst uh, Corp Robinson's big court case where he could go to fucking prison. His court date is April 11th for sentencing. If he gets sentenced to something, I mean, stay fucking alert to this type of shit, man. Because if the fucking tournament is set up for after that, expect a bump in the fucking road if he's going to get, you know, put away. And then, and then you know, for them to play, oh, oh we would have ran it, but, you know, some legal stuff came up, some bullshit. That's what always happens, too. Like when Nick got locked up for parole violation. They all they all was like, this is some bullshit. No, it's a parole violation. And that's what happens when you violate fucking parole and you run around in the wrestling scene and doing whatever you want to do like you don't have legal issues. That That's what happens. Like, this is real adult shit. You know what I mean? If you do illegal shit, it's not just some bullshit the law is doing. No, it's some bullshit that you're doing. I don't have any fucking legal problems because I work six fucking days a week. I'm honest with motherfuckers. 
I don't do any dirty, you know, shady drug shit. Yeah, you know I mean, I live clean that way, and I and I don't fuck around. So there's not going to be a lot of legal bullshit that comes my way where all of a sudden I get fucking locked up and, you know, other people are going to try to bail me out through, like, GoFundMes and fucking podcasts. I mean, it's just a certain amount of responsibility. Hey, hey, man, it's on you. You live whatever the fuck kind of life you want to live. But when it comes down to you then turn around and ask the fans for money to, to get you out of the situation you're in, that, that that's when it becomes a problem, man. I can't respect that. It is what it is. Burn whatever bridge you want. It ain't going to be me. I can guarantee you it ain't going to be me. And the only thing I can do for my situation is because I see things and I cover things. And if you were putting on a 28-man fucking tournament and everything was legit, I'd be talking about it right now. Like, this is going to be a bad motherfucker in two days. Wait till you see this fucking shit. This lineup's going to be fucking crazy. They're going to tear it down. I'd fucking get the DVD or the iPay-Per-View or whatever the fuck you got going. I'd fucking watch it, and I'd review it on this fucking show. Unfortunately, I can't do any of those things because all of these things have transpired since the fucking inception of this shit. When there was money flying all over the place, and I guarantee you this and this and this and this. And they've already said, now the guaranteed jerk-off face, Wisconsin... For your $400, you're getting your fucking Wisconsin Deathmatch Tournament for your $400. They've already said, now they're going to schedule it in the Chicago area. So, guess what, asshole face? You lost your fucking $400. Hope you can make it to Chicago, because that's your only fucking gig. See see what I mean? This is the way shit goes. And You can be naive, you can get mad at me, you block me on Facebook because I called you a jerk off on my podcast. But in the end, when the fucking dust settles, who's fucking right? You know, it is what it is. I I don't come on this shit to just, oh, I fucking told you so. But in the same token, look at this fucking shit, man. This shit was fucking crazy from the start. And it fucking ended fucking crazy. So, hey, man, I I wish it would have worked out the fucking right way. I don't do this shit to try to find something wrong with everybody's shit. But if you, you know... I'm a fan of deathmatch wrestling. I'm a fan of wrestling. If you put out something and, and I'm liking what I'm seeing, it's going to catch my attention. Initially, it's all some stuff I like. You know what I mean? And um, especially there's been such an uprising in deathmatch wrestling tournaments. So I'm like, fucking, oh, shoot, check this out. Check that out. All of that. And if the result is this is what we're talking about, well, then fuck, man. I mean, you can't just ignore that. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. Now they're talking about that UEW was sponsoring it, but they weren't really, um, you know, involved in the promotional side of it or, or um, partnering with it. But now they're going to be partnering with it. And now they're going to find some kind of venue somewhere to run in the Chicago area. Again, it's turning into something completely different. And, um, you know, hey, man, it is what it is. But, I mean, I'm just not going to be signing up for no kind of crazy shit like this. I'm sure there's other people that are ass out of money. Again, I find it insane that, no pun intended, um, that people are paying for their own flights for this shit. For what? I, I don't know. I mean, what could these deathmatch wrestlers be making that that's worth paying for their own fucking flight? 
are they this long in the business and, and they're still working off as of, I'll pay you back for your flight or was it just was it just worth paying for your own flight to get whatever you were gonna make at a fucking deathmatch tournament? That shit sounds crazy to me. I don't that shit sounds absolutely fucking insane to me. So anyway. CZW, um this Saturday I'm I'm gonna be there. Um the seventeenth, seventeenth anniversary show. Um Drake's gonna be inducted into the ZZW Hall of Fame. It's gonna be good to see him, man. Man. Um so yeah, he's gonna be there, you know, do the induction thing. And it'll be good to see him. Um AR Fox versus Masada. Um, you know, they they're going the route of a lot of uh rematch type situations from from K to death. Which, um, you know, I mean, kind of a lazy way out, but the matches they're rematching are top-notch shit. So I really can't criticize very much because when it comes out of Masada versus AR Fox, that's going to be a banging-ass match. Um, Danny Havoc versus Ricky Shane Page. Now, this, to me, is completely asinine. Is it going to be a great fucking match? Yeah, they're going to fucking murder each other again. Now, this is the third time they wrestled. The first time they wrestled, tournament of death. Uh, Ricky Shane Page got a please come back chant. It took him six fucking months to bring him back. Now, here's what it, this is a stipulation on their third fucking match. You got please come back chance last time too. Now, the stipulation is if Havoc wins, which he already won the first two matches. Havoc wins this. Okay. If Havoc wins a match against a guy who never won a fucking match in CZW, he gets a CZW championship match, which makes all the sense in the world, right? And then if Ricky Shane Page wins, he becomes a full-time roster member because otherwise, who the fuck would want to see him? I don't know. The fucking fans have been chanting, please come back, please come back, and been blown the fuck away by his performances. But, yeah, he's got to win a, a roster spot. But, you know, the pectoral Poseidon just fucking strolls in and shit and on a fucking wooden chariot bullshit. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, you create asinine fucking situations like this and, like, he's got to win a roster spot onto the fucking CZW roster. You out of your fucking mind? I, I don't even understand that. Well, of course, it doesn't make sense. Why would I understand that? Speaking of not making fucking sense, uh, Dave Chris Group, uh, Scarlet Graves, Scarlet and Graves, um, they're up against Sozio, the returning Bucks Belmar, and Connor Claxton. Connor Claxton is with OI4K, not OIK, um, Nation of Intoxication, who just got finished feuding with Dave Christ and OI4K. So what sense does it make to take Connor Claxton and team him with two fucking dudes that have nothing to do with Nation of Intoxication to put him against one of the members of OI4K with his new group? It's like the biggest clusterfuck possible. Bucks Belmar, who's making a return after not being here for a while, would get a great response just by himself if you put him in a fucking match with somebody else. 
doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just thrown together. Dave Chris fucking group can't possibly lose to these guys because it's just it's just a patchwork fucking tag team. It's just like three guys fucking smashed together for no reason. They can't win against Dave Chris New Stable, one of which already won a best of the best spot. Gotta make him fucking look strong. It doesn't make any fucking sense to have three patched together guys win. Unless they're now going to be a new nonsensical stable. Of course not. Doesn't make any fucking sense. You got the amazing Gulaks against the Dub Boys. I'm really not a fan of the Dub Boys, so I don't really give a shit about that match. I love the Gulaks. I love their gimmick, what they're doing out there. But uh, I can't imagine I'm going to be impressed by this match. Um, you got Mike Bailey versus Sammy Callahan, which is um, a lot of charisma versus no charisma. Um, Wrestling-wise, this should be really, really good. Um, should be pretty intense. I'm looking forward to this matchup as far as the match goes. Um, you know, that that's what they should use Mike Bailey for. It's just like an appearance match here and there. Um, when they use him month in and month out, he gets stale quick. It just seems to all blend together. If you've seen one of his matches, you've seen all of them. Um, if you bring him in occasionally and put him up against somebody he hasn't wrestled before, like like uh, Sammy, I think you're going to get really good shit out of it. Um, but there's not there's not a personality on this dude for you to run like an angle with him or anything because it's, it's going to fall flat. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's just how I feel about it. But um, that that should be good. That should be really good. Uh, Janela versus Leo Rush. This is a two out of three falls match for the Wired Championship. Now, look, I don't know how the ROH shit works, but Leo Rush just won the um, the Rising Star uh, Top Prospect fucking tournament thing, which I would imagine – gives him a roster spot. Now, I think if he gets a full-time ROH roster spot and they're using him heavily, like on the pay-per-views and shit, I don't think he's a, he's going to be able to work any more CZWI pay-per-views. Um, at least nobody else has. Um, they've used some people for spots, but when they become like a focus in Ring of Honor, you don't see them on iPay-per-views elsewhere anymore. So my personal opinion I think Joey's winning this title back. Um, should be a great, great fucking match. Their other two matches were bananas. And I'm um, looking forward to, uh, you know, third and final. I'd imagine final um, matchup out of these two. And I, I just, I fully expect Janela to win and probably won't see much more Leo Rush and CZW. But, again, I don't book this shit. And I sure as fuck don't write up the contracts for Ring of Honor. So, this is just speculation out of me. Um uh, TV Ready, G's and Pepper Parks were supposed to fight uh, Team Tremendous, but as I call them, Team Hiatus is not going to be there again. Um, those guys, man, I like them, but they've had the hardest time staying consistently appearing in CVW. They would, yeah, they had uh, the tag titles, and it was like one guy wasn't there, he was hurt. And then the other guy was there, and then the other guy wasn't. And, uh, you know, they've missed a bunch of different shows. A bunch, man. And, uh, yeah, Bill Carr wasn't at the uh, Cage of Death. So they filled in uh, Sozio with uh, 
um, with uh, Dan Barry, and then Dan Barry got some kind of heel reaction, so then he was reacting kind of like a heel to it, which those guys are supposed to be faces, so the whole shit just kind of felt weird, and it was supposed to be the two of them in a rematch against fucking uh, TV Ready, and then they came off the card, and then as a fantastic replacement, EYFBO finally debuting in the combat zone. And I think this is just just because of, you know, the different turns that it's taken with Team Tremendous and especially with the, the falling flat last but with Dave Barry getting a heel reaction and kind of feeding into it. And then just to have another rematch, it just seems redundant. And uh, EYFBO is a team I wanted in CZW for a long time. And I think they're going to do great. So, um, seeing them debut, whether it was a fill-in match or a last minute, and I don't, I don't know how long in planning this was. I don't know if it, they were planned to be brought in later and then maybe, you know, skipped it forward a little bit and got them in there sooner. I don't know. But a long time coming, and I'm really glad to see them booked in CZW. I hope this isn't a one-shot deal. They did it with the hooligans. I hope they're able to keep these guys around. I know they're a lot more local, probably a lot easier to book than the hooligans, you know, with a long travel. But, um, yeah, I mean, these these guys definitely deserve a spot. Uh, and they're going to fucking kill it out there. So, um, yeah, there's that. And then you got a, a world title ladder match. Devin Moore up against Matt Tremont, the champion, and this should be great. Devin knows how to work a fucking ladder match for sure. Um, I think they said something like Matt's never been in a ladder match. Um, so, I mean, it should be pretty interesting. Uh, I think these guys will definitely kill it. I, man, I heard Devin uh, missed the show last weekend, I want to say it was, and uh, I read he was in a car accident. I hit him up, and, uh, yeah, apparently some dude fucking T-boned him, and he's all right. You know, you want to rest up and make sure he's all right for the dub. And uh, I'm glad to hear he's all right, man, because that's that scary shit. Fucking, dude got fucking T-bone and shit. So, uh, so yeah, man, uh, this this overall, top to bottom, looks like a great fucking card. Um, I highly recommend it. If you're not, uh, you know, close enough to attend it, check out the iPay-per-view. Why fucking not? Maybe you got other shit to do. Maybe you don't. And I guess, you know. Check it the fuck out. But, uh, you know, Saturday, February 13th. And, you know, it's a doubleheader if you, you have, like, really no plans at all. And um, you have, like, tremendous, tremendous fucking tolerance. Because I don't. Um, uh, the WSU ninth anniversary show is your afternoon show that starts at 4. So, you know, you got that as well. And, you know. They got a whole shitload of matches lined up on that thing, too. So you can check that out as well. Um, Yeah, I think that's about all I got. Um, Check out um, the Sports Den. I'm sure they got lots of Super Bowl talk over there and everything else. Um, Fucking DMX almost died on Monday. I saw a dude just found, like, unresponsive or some shit, and they had to fucking revive him and all this shit. That motherfucker's been a mess for years. Uh, Crazy shit. But, um, 
There's that. Let me see. I missed anything else. Oh, I don't think I did. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's about it, man. I brought another cat home. I uh, I have a cat. It was at my work, and um, dude, he, he weighed up to 25 pounds at one point. He's down to 21 now, but that. That is still a big, big boy. Um, but I actually had him in my work for six fucking years. And he's a cat for the most part. He was always so fucking strong. And he played too rough. And he was just always really hard to get around other cats. And so really hard to adopt out. Because I wouldn't just consider him good with other cats. Um, I mean, with my experience and ability to separate him and do different things. Um, you know, he's staying in my daughter's room right now. Um I, and, you know, figure two, like, uh, he spent six years at my job, but, um, you know, my, my girls are six years old too, my younger ones, my twins. So you got to figure as they were two and three and shit like that, that was definitely out of the question, you know, and as they've gotten older, I guess it definitely helped his chances as far as what I could do for him as well. So um, I finally decided after fostering a few cats, um, the few cats I fostered went home and, um, you know, following me fostering them, I figured, you know what, let me try to transition this foster situation into me getting this guy home. So I'm doing my best trying it out and everything else, but, you know, the the goal is for this to be his home. I don't plan on him ever going back to a cage again. It's a long, long time, and uh, I'm really happy to have him home. Happy to have him home. And um, you know, I mean, this guy he's, he's a big, big cat, man. He just lays on my bed with me and just purrs his head off, man. So it, it's cool as fuck, man. After seeing that, you know, he just became like a staple of. You know, a cat that was just at my job and just wasn't right for most people because he's a lot of cat, very, very strong, and a lot of people just don't understand. You know, if you you cross him and he doesn't like what you're doing and and he grabs you, man, he's fucking strong. So, um, you know, it's always scared a lot of people away and stuff. And, uh, you know, I I just – I've gotten to know him so well. He's so fucking bonded with me that, I mean, if – if there was a perfect person for him, it, it had to be me because I already had such a connection with him. So um, I figured, yeah, why not? Let's jump on this, and and um, I'm happy to have him here. So you know, that was another new thing that I, I've done since I last did the show. But uh, so that's Rico. He's a part of the crew now. Um, but uh, so yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, Andrew Carlucka, he posted something about he. he he doesn't know when he's doing another show again. So I, you know, I guess stay tuned with him, see what goes on. And, uh, yeah, man, I put up a couple extra songs. So hopefully I'll just be able to do this thing for my tablet. Hopefully between now and next show, I will be sending my fucking computer to my homie ruckus because this fucking thing is wilding out and freezing up and it's kicking the mouse on and off. Like it's in full crazy ass virus mode. And I'm surprised I was able to even get the shit together to do the show tonight. But, you know, it's 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 kind of like crawling along. It's definitely not functioning like it should. And it hasn't for a while. But it's at its very, very worst. And um, so, yeah, I expect this computer to be 
somewhere between here and, and Ruckus House uh, when I do my next show, and uh, hopefully on its way back to me soon after, and hopefully all, all things will go way, way better with it, you know, prior to that. Uh, I filed my fucking taxes yesterday, so within two weeks I'll be a lot more comfortable and, uh, you know, at least happy for a while and just not not as week-to-week paycheck type shit because you know how that is. Um, you know, keeps you just a little bit more comfortable. I could sign up for my races and all that stuff. And the puppet I talked about should be, also be here within the next two weeks. Cause they said five to six weeks for the build them. So I'm really excited about that too. And uh, I think that's about all I got. Um, like I said, I'll be attending the CVW show on Saturday. And I'll have that to review next week. So uh, I think, uh, let me see where the fuck. So I think that's about it. I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. Peace. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? You're not good. You just know how to hide. How to lie. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. So say goodnight to the back guy. Come on, tell yourself the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.